Beeble, beeble, beeble. Booble, booble, booble. Mike Life. And the microphone is Mike-tastic with Michaelfication. Okay, we're, we're, we're on we the air. We are on a podcast. Okay, so I have to start by confessing that I had last night this horrible anxiety dream. Okay. <laughs> are you ready for this? Yes. All right, so there's a dance floor, and we're, everyone on the dance floor has been instructed to split into two groups, and everybody does, and I hide in the corner because I don't want to be in any of the two groups, and then the dance music starts, and in this okay. dream, dancing is every four beats, you take a new position, so it's like... One, you know, pose, one, two, three, four, pose. And so every time it it comes along, you do this pose and it's amazing and everyone claps, you know, like they do in dance competitions. And so it's it's like both a dance and an anxiety dream. That's right. It's very detailed. And so group one does their thing and group two does their thing. And I am feeling very smart because I have avoided the dance thing. And then all the spotlights find me hiding in the corner. Uh (laughs) And then I wake up in a sweat. And, and they're like, begin podcast yeah. now. <laughs> begin podcast now. Uh, Everybody podcast now. Yes. Bump, 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 bump. We are now in a podcast. Hello. My name is Will Giesler. Uh, I'm here with Michael Toy, I'm told. That's your name? Michael Toy. We'll go with that for now. Okay. And Corey Carruthers. Hello. Hello. AKA Skater Boy. Skater, skater Boy. With an eight. Are, are you yeah. the skater boy? I, I apparently. Oh, well, Will has deemed me that, so the one it's from now Al- in Avril Lavigne. That's incredible. That's a song, I'm right? The, I'm in the same room. I've mm-hmm. seen no royalties. Mm-hmm. And so, so this is not a Star Wars podcast, much to everyone who I told about this podcast dismay, uh, probably. Because they were thinking what would be really great is to listen to people talking about Star Wars for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Uh, no one's been talking about it since the movie came out. It's been real... Down on the down low, so. But now we're pausing while Skater Boy adjusts the <laughs> knobs. You, yeah. you, you've just gotten like a late night talk show nickname <laughs> that we're all going to regret. Uh, what's What's the best is I'm not even a full time person on this podcast, and that's yet. true. We, we don't we we well, don't know what what he's got. Well, wait a minute. He's been here on the podcast exactly as long That's as any of us <laughs> This Maybe longer, up, depending on when he started recording. If the fans love him, this could end up being the Skater Boy show <laughs> yes. with yes. special guests Will and Mike. Talk oh. about an anxiety dream. Jesus. <laughs> that could be a spinoff as well. Um, you also are the one who did the most research in terms of this podcast because you have seen the movie Star Wars The Force Awakens most recently. Isn't that the Star Wars reboot? Uh so too soon. Oh, it's too soon. <laughs> uh, how many times have you seen it? So I've seen it four times. I saw. Okay. It. I've seen it. I've seen it in 3D IMAX uh, the first time because I felt like you have to start with that experience. Uh, from there, I went to the Cinelux in Capitola on 41st, which okay. is a suboptimal theater. I might well, can add. I get the separation in hours from time one and time two? Yes. So time one was on the premiere night, which was Thursday, December 16th. Uh, the following showing was the next day, uh, the 17th. And it was, 
I, it was less than 24 hours, yeah. Did you it, see it at night on the on Friday? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I saw and the night before on Thursday. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and you, well-versed. And those were all 2D? Uh, no, the IMAX was only in 3D, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I, was, I would have preferred the 2D IMAX experience mm-hmm. to the 3D do IMAX experience. Do they even experience. have that? Do they do that? They don't. Yeah. They don't. That's how they get you, apparently. So, yeah. So, the, the only experience of IMAX is in 3D, which is a bummer. Interesting. Okay, so four times, and how about how about Michael? One so far. One I hate time. St- I hate standing in line, and so I need everyone to stop liking this movie, <laughs> so that I can see it about six more times. I also don't like standing in line, but what I did is I went to a theater that had reserved seating, so all I had to do was cruise in after I found a screening. That's I've seen it three doing. times personally, all in two D, all the same theater. <laughs> nice. Uh, but a couple weeks ago now. I saw I saw the day it came out like at 10 a.m. because it was the only time that was available. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with a matinee. So That's, it was very cheap. It was like six dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, what did everybody think? Did you guys like the Star Wars movie? Generally, when you walked out of the theater. Oh yeah, I was thrilled. I was. I wept openly during the showing of the movie. I walked out feeling like that was everything that I could ever want in a Star Wars movie, and I didn't want to talk about it very much because it would only spoil this great feeling that I had just had. I'm now ready to spoil it. But that, <laughs> <laughs> at that one moment, that was like a super great movie-leaving moment. Yeah, I, I had the same feeling. Uh, I, when I saw it and I, I walked out of the theater with my girlfriend, we, she was not as big of a Star Wars fan as I was, so I was just glowing and beaming from watching <laughs> it and smiling like an idiot. And, uh, yeah, it was, I think, not exactly what I thought it would be in my head, but that was okay because it was just as fun and it, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I The night before, this has never happened to me before I've seen a movie, but the night before I went – uh, to see the movie, I couldn't sleep at all. Like, I was, like, not because I was, like, I just, like, was so excited to see the movie, I didn't sleep all night. I was just thinking about things I'd seen in the trailers, which I tried to avoid watching trailers because I didn't really want to yes. put things together. But, I, like, I ended up putting things together all night long. And then I couldn't sleep the night after I saw it because I liked it so much, which is silly. Like, it's silly that that movie is that effective. Um... I guess yeah, we sh- that it went through my head. It's like the Millennium Falcon is flying. Why the heck am I weeping right now? But <laughs> yeah. look at this. Yeah. I am weeping because the Millennium Falcon is flying. I am that person. It's yeah. true, though. It's true. It, it evokes those weird emotions out of you. You're just like a kid again. Yeah, in a way that is very surprising because, like, the last Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was the prequels, obviously. And mm-hmm. it didn't have any, even though, like, there's still some neat things and cool ships or whatever in there, but, like, there's nothing even close to like there being an emotional reaction to anything that happens in the movie. Yeah. It's almost like a family reunion of sorts. Yeah. Well, it's really surprising to like the first Indiana Jones movie sort of changes your life when you see it. It's like, oh gosh, movies should all be like that. And then even if you see Indiana Jones, you never have that feeling again. And so I'm amazed at the way that this one sort of captured that feeling of, of, of the first Star Wars movie. Yeah. We should probably say also that we're going to spoil this entire Star Wars movie. Uh, If you're tuning in uh, for a review, go see the Star Wars film and report back.
All right, we're here talking about Star Wars for the first time. Uh, we certainly have never talked about Star Wars for an hour and then had realized we weren't recording and had to do it all over again. That would be stupid. That, <laughs> that would really suck. Definitely didn't happen. That'd be a bad start to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be really embarrassed if I were Skater Boy, the guy in charge of recording, <laughs> and that had happened. Or so if I'm you glad were it didn't. the person who is looking at the screen as and is in charge of noticing when it says card full. This would be a good time to mention this show is brought to you by Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. <laughs> yeah. Brewed in Chico, California, for a crisp, clean finish. <laughs> and Squarespace. Um, okay, so. Which is a thing <laughs> that we like. Yeah, we love Squarespace and Casper mattresses. There we go. Um, I actually, I have a Casper mattress. We'll save it for when we get an actual sponsor. There we go. Um, okay, Luke Skywalker Luke has Skywalker. vanished. Beginning of the film. Something, something, uh, they sent their best pilot out. Let's uh, excitement. Yeah. No 20th Century Fox logo, just blank. And then... Yeah, that was actually kind of disturbing. It was weird. Wasn't it jarring? Yeah. You were just waiting well, for it. it. If I watched all the movies in anticipation of this one coming out, and the Blu-rays, you see the 20th Century Fox twice. Because it plays it once. Oh, like when the Blu-ray boots, it like plays no, it? No, no, no. Like if you hit play on the oh, movie, what? it plays the logo twice. It plays it once in fancy high def, and then it starts playing the contents of the movie, which also has the, the thing in it. Yeah. And so there's like this extra dose of 20th Century Fox, and I'm kind of going, yeah, bring it on. Bring me all the 20th Century Fox <laughs> you got, because that's the noise that happens before yeah. Star Wars, and then it was missing. How much worse would it have been, though, if the movie started with the Disney fucking castle, like, twirling around and, like, dancing about the screen. That's a great point. I think they made the right call in just doing nothing at all. Like, there's no other way to do yeah, that. Yeah, if, if they had flown over that faux Disneyland, only one corner of the little fairyland had been, like, Moss Eisley, <laughs> yeah. that would have been really bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like, oh, it's like Coruscant, but Disneyland, like, woo, like, yeah, that would have been rough. Corey, take us through the movie. Okay, all right. Um, where do we start? Oh, okay. So, Jakku. I thought the opening was one of my, like, the the sound of John Williams, the, <laughs> the silhouetting of the ship over the planet. Like, I'm glad it, it had that feel. Like, yeah. when in the, I remember in the prequels, like, the, there was some weird stuff going on in the opening crawls, like, after the opening crawls. And this one was very much of the old world. Don't all Star Wars movies start with the opening crawl, a ship, and then a pan to a planet? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, maybe the old one. I don't know. Maybe I'm... There, I think the only difference is like like Attack of the Clones, it goes the other direction. But it's usually oh, panned okay. down. Yeah, yeah. And like Attack of the Clones pans up or something. Maybe I'm just a purist. I like the I like the pan downs rather than the yeah. pan ups. Well, I thought they did a really good take on it, or like it. It's very different from the way the other ones feel, but it like feels cool and original. I think like you have to start out with something slightly different, at least. Yeah. You know, you can't just ape like slowly panning across like a a model. Yeah. I think totally. And it kind of sets up that these. You know, it's like really dark and moody. It's it's weird though because it it shows not the planet they're going to, like the planet that it that right. That's it's that's the good moon point. of of Jakku because like they go the wrong way, like they go towards the camera, right? Yeah. Um, 
and also it doesn't look very deserty. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, That's where all the rich Jakku people live. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the Elysium yeah. of Jakku. <laughs> Speaking of bad Matt yeah. Damon movies. <laughs> I, uh, the first two thirds of Elysium were real good. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. You mean until it. he got to Elysium? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Halo? Yeah. I mean Elysium? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought the I thought the beginning of, of this movie was good though, and I thought that it introduced uh, Poe Dameron in a really natural way. It wasn't it wasn't a forced like the with this movie like all the new people they were introduced so naturally to the old people. It wasn't like a forced like this is our hero shot of a person. Like it's just entering a conversation, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, I think like. Poe is a good example of a character because he, like, immediately feels like a Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you'd send that guy, and he'd be, like, having a great time, even though it's, like, a super serious mission. Uh, so, like it, like, it immediately starts working, I think, on that level. Um, Poe Dameron, right, he's on the, the planet with the desert guys. Yeah. He's, he's getting the extremely important secret. Yeah, he's yes, a- he gets the plans to the deaths. I mean, the plans... I mean, the location of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> the plans of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, and he hides them in a droid. Uh, what a great idea. <laughs> like They'll never check the droid. There's no life signs. Just ignore it. Let it go down to the planet. Um, yeah, so... And then we, so we get Poe and then some weird old guy who immediately gets murdered by Kylo Ren. Right. Wait, yeah, so... There is no backstory on that man at all, right? He's, yeah, like we, not, you're we, not supposed to know. Anything. We don't know who he is or anything. I yeah. was curious about that too. Yeah, I think his name is Lars Santeca or something. Hmm. Oh uh, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Santeca, <laughs> little boy Lars. <laughs> yes. he's all grown they're, up now. They're like, bouncing baby boy, having rebel plans. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. I remember him? He used to work at the corner store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all um, grown up and murdered now. <laughs> yeah, so th- they're handing over the plans, and somehow Kylo Ren has figured out where they are. And saving Private Ryan's his way onto Jakku. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job with his voice, like modulating his voice. Like it's nothing like Darth Vader, but it sounds really cool. Yeah, and menacing uh, in a way that he, like, you need him to be menacing at the beginning so that it works when he later takes off his helmet. And you're like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, Kylo Ren is, I mean, as soon as he talks, I think his first line is, uh, like, you know what I came for. And you just, you just like, feel like, oh, okay, this guy's, like... Well, the first line of the movie is, uh, this will begin to make things right. That's right, that's right. Which is, like, is it a little wink-wink at uh, the prequels, maybe? Or... Oh, nice. Is that an I didn't think about that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't yeah. even think about that either. <laughs> the first thing out of somebody's mouth. This will begin to make things right. Um, Picture of George Lucas in the background of the <laughs> yeah, hut. And then like a guy with a, a gray beard just walks by. <laughs> with glasses, just sadly looks in. Yeah. <laughs> what? You don't see him the first time you watch the movie, but the second you watch for him, he's there. Uh-huh. Um, no, yeah, I, I think they actually, they didn't try to uh, throw George Lucas under the bus too much in the movie. You know, there's no Jar Jar's grave or whatever, like. Um, in the background. Yeah. One of the most J.J. Abrams-ass things in the movie happens right at the beginning, and it's like that first shot of BB-8 when he sees the 
the dropships coming, and it like it does this like crazy like steady cam like whip around uh, BB-8 that you would never ever see in a movie that George Lucas directed or one of the original ones. Um, which like I got a little bit scared. I was like, uh oh, like don't JJ this up for us. Um, but he kind of only does that here and there. Yeah, I do have to say he he in terms of the JJ Abrams aesthetic, he he did a good job of keeping himself on the leash because yeah, he could have <laughs> he could have easily steady cam the shit out of a, a lot of these scenes and he he didn't, which yeah. was great. It it feels like it's filmed like the other the original Star Wars movies even though it, it really isn't at all. Like no. it's it's it has a very different like pace and mo- the motion of the camera is much greater and but it, it like it tonally feels right somehow like it feels still even when it's not well, somehow so in in all the battle scenes the camera is not in the original star wars this camera is sort of separate from the battle you're watching the battle on a screen right. and you're definitely in the battle when you're running away from stormtroopers or whatever right. that whatever your viewpoint is it's in the middle of it it's not separated from it all and so there is that change of viewpoint a little bit, but for the better, it's yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you guys think of uh, of Finn's introduction to the movie, of him, his friend dying? Yeah, he's he's good. I think like it's like a clever way of of introducing him, and it's it's like one of those things like that about this movie that one of the like big themes of the movie is like they, they're very J.J. Abrams is very efficient with like setting things up in a way that like occasionally like like you could see that it might be better to add a little bit more here or there. And that might be the case with Finn. Like, you you get, like, one second to realize, like, oh, this battle's super fucked up, which is, like, you know, he's, like, looking around. Again, actually, that's, like, the second parallel in the scene to Saving Private Ryan, where it's, like, it's kind of like the audio drops out, and he's, like, whoa, like, look at this battle. Um, that's fucked up. It, it's just, like, a little too short to, to like, be perfect, but I think it, it works pretty well. Yeah. We have it. A lot of story to tell in only two hours and 16 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, like, the original cut was, like, three hours or something. Like, I, I think, like, I, I don't actually think it's really a problem with the movie. Like, it's just interesting how compressed it is compared to some of the other Star Wars movies. Because, like, those prequels are not compressed at all. They're just, like, interminable <laughs> conversations about nothing that matters. Um, and then arbitrary battle footage. Yeah. So they, yeah, they head up there, Finn takes his helmet off, it gets, like, chewed out by Captain Phasma. <laughs> Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, Brienne of Tarth. Um, and, and then we cut to Rey uh, scavenging, like, an old Star Destroyer, which is real cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's really good. Although if you played the Star Wars MMO, you've already wandered around in ancient Star Destroyer relics Wait, a little bit. What? Which one is that? Knights of the Old Republic or yeah. the the Old Republic, the the online one. Uh, yeah, the online one. Oh yeah, yeah. that's set after the original trilogy. No, it takes place thousands of years. It's it's in the forming of the Republic. Oh, but then how are there star destroyers? Is that just like a recurring? Yeah, no. Uh, the the Empire, the Sith have star destroyers in in this okay. universe. They just everyone likes triangles. Everyone loves. It. I think they decided that it didn't feel like the the <laughs> the bad guys if they didn't have these big triangular shaped ships, and so they did. Triangle is the shape of the Illuminati, after all, <laughs> and we just, all know the Sith are the biggest <laughs> Illuminati in the galaxy. Um, so I think this visual of 
landscape of massive crashed ships that are so big that you could fly ships inside of them. It's yeah. A gorgeous, vis- gorgeous visual. Yeah. And it's, it's like really quiet too. Like she doesn't say anything. Um, like the first thing she says is like when that guy is trying to steal BB-8 is like the first time she speaks. And when the first time she speaks, it's not in English. That's true. Or yeah. galactic yeah. basic. <laughs> <laughs> the language of Star Wars. You know what? Yeah, you know what's cool is this movie. Like the so the sound design is there's there's parts that I I really don't agree with, and there's parts that I really enjoyed. And the parts that I really enjoyed is that of the silence. There's I think more silence in this film than there is any other Star Wars film, other than maybe Empire Strikes Back. When maybe, but it's it definitely gives you time to kind of I mean as compressed as everything is those moments of silence kind of let you take it all in at the same time yeah and like the scenes with Ray the scenes with uh, Finn walking through the desert after him and Poe spoiler alert crash onto Jakku whoa oh sorry <laughs> uh, but yeah I think like the sound design of that in particular is really cool that you know they they just give you a pause as to where George Lucas is just constantly shoving imperial like <laughs> politics down your throat yeah jj abrams directs the action way better than george and then he actually directs the action and, and he doesn't just say like well it's on a blue screen and then somebody else will just add all these computer shots in later and so like they all feel very purposeful in a way that the shots don't in the prequels so we see ray she has this staff she's a great scavenger mm-hmm She's, like she has a lot of people that work for her. She's got I mean, she, she, her weapon. Her <laughs> weapon is this tall thing that she straps to her back, and and then she's got this helmet. She's sitting there holding yeah. this helmet. Yeah, yeah. In the in the ATAT. Do you guys call them ATATs? I say ATAT. I say ATAT. ATAT. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like they do a really good job of like pushing the old stuff like sort of into the background, like like making it seem like oh, like this is all legends and stuff. Like they don't believe any of it, which is sort of strange because it's only thirty years ago and it seems like it'll be a very major battle that everyone would remember. But like it like it, it works tonally, like that it's sort of like a forgotten, you know, it's it's like it's a more civilized weapon from a earlier time from or whatever from the time. yeah, um, even though like <laughs> like. <laughs> Of at that time, all of whatever, 15 years ago. Yeah, it was like 15 years ago, and like there was that stupid robot that was twirling like 70 lightsabers like on his feet <laughs> around. Like, oh, yeah, so a, a more civilized time. <laughs> Just like a buzzsaw of lightsabers. And like there's battles of like a thousand Jedi fighting a thousand robots. That's a pretty contradictory scene, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan says this is the more civilized weapon when the guy who's trying to kill him is waving a million of them around, and then he shoots him in the heart with a blaster. <laughs> yeah. like, that robot has a heart. That's stupid. We can't talk about that movie. Yeah. Anyway. They, um, yeah. I'll get angry. <laughs> well, by getting back to the mysteries thing, uh, in Star Wars, all of the whatever happened before was a mystery, and it was really interesting to refer to it as a mystery. And then when you find out what it actually was, it's like, can we go back to when I didn't know <laughs> yeah. what that was? Yep. That was, like, way better. Yeah, I didn't need to know exactly, like, biologically how the Force interacts with you. It, it stops it being, like, this fun ancient religion. So at the, in this scene, they, they've got this big backdrop of all these uh, Star Destroyers and stuff. And for me, like, because I know the other Star Wars. Mm-hmm pretty well uh, 
it, it totally works because you're like, oh, this is like some battle on this planet happened, but it's like the point is that like the empire is over. But I saw it with people who weren't as familiar with those movies. So that one of their major takeaways from the movie was like, oh, like it feels like I I was missing a lot because I, obviously the battle on that planet was like something important that happened in a previous movie. Like, and there so there are a lot of these things that are just these neat little nods to me as a Star Wars fan or whatever um, that that don't work for somebody who's not as familiar, which is weird. Like, because you would think it would be the opposite, right? Because like because they aren't actually important. Well, I think the helmet is interesting in that way. Because to me, I didn't know where we were in space and time, right, until Ray is holding the helmet, right? And then uh-huh. the helmet, to me, introduced a distance from all the story that had gone before. This, the thing that represented everything up until now that I knew about Star Wars was an was a ancient relic, you know, like a 200-year-old yeah. grandfather clock that you might have around yeah. that, that she had kept as a precious memento. And suddenly I knew where I was. For me, I don't know what it was like for people who hadn't seen the other movies, but that was a great moment for me. Yeah. They, they nail Ray's introduction. And I think they also, I think so much of the marketing was about, like, trying to not let you figure out that she's the main character. Yeah. Like, they don't want you to know that until you're watching the movie. And also, like, even well into the movie, they, they don't really seem to want but you to know. Was it a surprise at all that Ray was the main character no, it, to anyone on the planet? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think maybe. So that was like the stupidest idea ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing, but like it definitely felt like they were keeping that close to the vest, right? Like she's not holding the lightsaber on the poster, and Finn is, mm-hmm. right? And it felt like all those scenes of Finn holding the lightsaber were just so that they could have it in the trailer, so that you would think like he's, he's the, the new, Jedi guy. Yeah. So, so there's been a, a lot of debate, uh, both on the internet and with me and family members, about <laughs> Finn being able to wield a lightsaber, Ray being able to wield a lightsaber, and just their background. But I kind of feel like both of their backgrounds kind of aid them in that. So, like, yeah, Finn's a stormtrooper. Yeah, Finn like, is... Tra- a trained warrior, allegedly. Yeah. Right, oh, I don't think there's any question that Finn is Force-sensitive. Really? Yeah, I think, think that's so? what, I think that's what breaks him out of his Force. His It's a Force moment when he stops what he's doing in the middle of the thing. And that's why he can wield the, the, white sa- the lightsaber. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Huh. I like I like that. I haven't actually heard that from anybody. Yeah, I have not, I've not heard that either. I, that's, that's interesting. I kind of... I almost don't want him to be... For, like I don't, I don't like the idea that everyone is like a Jedi master, which is like kind of something that was weird in the in the prequels. It's like, oh, here's like a council of Jedi's. Aren't they all boring? Yeah, I mean, I guess they do introduce the idea of like people who are not Jedi's who are force sensitive in this movie, which they don't do in the other Star Wars movies too much. Where it's like Maz Kanata is like, I know the Force, but like mostly I just run this bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just a drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've run this bar for a thousand years or whatever. Where does that go, though? Like, if it's like, do you think he'll become a Jedi guy? Well, I'm just basing this. The, the story about the Force is the reason that Jedis are able to do these things is because the midichlorians show them what's going to happen. The Force reveals. You don't, your you reflexes. Said the M word, but go on. Your reflexes mm-hmm. aren't faster than humanly possible, right? But you know what's going to happen. And so you can be in the right place at the right time. It would, in Michael's imaginary Star Wars universe, it would be impossible to not get cut into a million pieces in a battle against a force-wielding 
uh, Jedi, if you were just, no matter how great a trained warrior you are, Kylo Ren should just have ripped Finn to pieces. So in order for Finn to, have, to, to react to Kylo Ren and surprise Kylo Ren, I think he has to be Force-sensitive in some way. Interesting. I mean, I think they do a lot at that end battle um, to make it plausible. Like, they, they bend over backwards a lot. Like, they talk... Like, first of all, he gets shot, right, by the, the bow caster. Um, and they make, like, two separate references to how dope that thing is. Like, it, like, blows up, like, an entire... Right, that's the other theory, is that we're yeah. looking at Kylo Ren running at super low efficiency because he's almost dead because he's been shot by the bow. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and when he's fighting Ray, also, he's been sliced because, like, Finn gets, like, a slice at him. Well, I think the whole idea is that he sort of sucks, right? Like he's a shitty, yeah, Sith. Lord. Yeah, no, he's I, he's not. I don't even think he's considered a Sith Lord because, yeah, uh, one the, at the end of everything, uh, Grandmaster Smeagol says uh, <laughs> that you know he needs to come complete his training. Um, and on top of that, look at his lightsaber. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's like the mark of becoming either a Sith or a Jedi. Like you gotta, you gotta make your own. And in Return of the Jedi, like there's a cutscene, I guess, where Luke makes like is shown finishing his lightsaber being made. Right. And and like all the canon novels and stuff, that's like the mark of becoming a Jedi is making your functional lightsaber. Right. And his like sucks. Like it needs those two broadsword things just to like eject heat or whatever yeah, yeah. i think it's really clever yeah um, it it does sound sweet i do have to say yeah it's yeah. it's it's real cool looking yeah it's it's interesting that they chose to make like they weren't like oh we're going to redesign the lightsaber effects we're just going to make it so like he has like a badly made lightsaber and he's kind of like a punk so when um kylo ren kills all the young jedi luke skywalker's not around to fight him there's not in the past a battle between kylo ren and luke that kylo ren won I bet there's not. I don't think so. I okay. think Kylo Ren just kind of sneakily like killed younglings like Anakin did. Like, I mean, without giving past like all the other people in the way, like he just kind of was like. This is one of the things when I watch it again. There's that huge flashback scene when yeah. Ray mm-hmm. touches the lightsaber, which has a lot of that content in it that I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think th- that is interesting because like they definitely like filmed a bunch of scenes with. Like, there's one point where there's like a bunch of bodies on the ground. Yeah, it's, almost, it's like a battlefield on this. Yeah, but yeah, now that you mentioned, I hadn't thought of it. it. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me that like Luke and Kylo Ren could have ever had a battle where Luke didn't like kick his ass completely. Yeah, I don't, and that's that's another thing. Like you know, they Luke just kind of up and leaves when the person that his student goes bad, and I'm I'm assuming it's Kylo Ren. But what, yeah, I guess they don't say, but. And that's another thing. Who I mean, maybe it's I don't think it's Snoke. I don't know. I, I can't well, I can't put my finger on who I think Snoke is because there's apparently Snoke is like really old. Like yeah. if you read the I don't know, the novel or something, it says there's some oh, really? passage where he's like, I saw the Empire rise and fall. Oh um, okay. Well it makes sense. Which but... is interesting. Um, there's I'm... a bunch of people who think he's like one of the characters from the prequels. Oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Darth, Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's this theory? Right, that he is Darth Sidious's original master. Who yeah. Wasn't really killed by Darth Sidious. Yeah. I don't oh. believe it for a second. Yeah, I don't believe it that either. Too, like, why would they go all the way back to that weird scene that no one really remembers? And, like, where would he be? He'd just be, like, 
on some planet on life support. That's like where Luke is. <laughs> that, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Well, he, he might also not be a physical entity. He, he might only be some sort of spirit projection. Right? That's true. We don't and that actually... might be why he needs Kylo Ren. Mm. You know what I'm Because he needs a body. Well, we don't actually know mm. that that's he's... a hologram of him. Well, you kind of do. I guess it has, like, scan lines a little bit. But in theory, they could just be like, no, he's just like a freaking ghost, like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, he's not even alive. Um, I think Kylo Ren is the best that he could do, and he's super excited about Rey because he needs a better body than Kylo Ren to do his that, bidding. That is very interesting. Yeah, like, you'd think he'd be really pissed off at Kylo Ren because, like, Kylo Ren pretty much sucks. Yeah, he can, he, <laughs> like, he messed everything up yeah. <laughs> completely in the movie. But it's Kylo Ren's internal conflict which makes him suck, not that he's incompetent, right? It's that he's not committed to, he doesn't know who he is. Right, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of arrives at the idea of, like, will Kylo Ren have a redemptive arc over these movies? And I think he won't, right? I don't think he'll be this, like, Vader in that way, where he's like, oh, well, like, we pulled him out. I feel like the point of this movie is solidifying that he's going to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you can't really come back from that. Like, Yeah, like that that's the dramatic point I feel like they're making. So we got to talk about the parallels. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Is is this a remake? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. One 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 line answer. Yeah. They're on a desert planet. There's the plans that the bad guys need. They're in the droid. You escape the desert planet with your mentor and your best friend, one of whom is killed by the evil guy while you're captured on the ship while everybody's watching, right? It's just, it's the exact same story as the original Star Wars, but that's not a problem for me because I kind of liked the original Star Wars. Yeah, it's I, good. People liked it. <laughs> yeah. And so the fact that it's like saying, you know that great movie you watched? Here it is again, and everything's going to be different. Like you couldn't have done a better thing for me than to say all the things you loved, and it's going to be better. <laughs> I walk out going, yeah, good job. But it was a little, it was, if you were looking for new storytelling, it's like, nope, nope, it's, it's all the exactly the same old storytelling. There's somebody who doesn't know who they are, who's connected to the fate of the galaxy in some way. And and that and that was a big problem for my sister and uh, my brother-in-law when I, when we, they went to see it with me. Uh, and they were, they were both, uh, expecting something completely different. But I don't think you could pull it off the way that this movie was done, like, in the success it's had. Because, like, obviously it has a lot of parallels. I'm not sure it qualifies. Well, it's like, technically it's not a remake, right? Because it's... Right, it doesn't have Luke Skywalker as the main character. Right, yep. I think the part where it, like, it got maybe a little too close was when they had... The, the Death Star thing, and then blow oh, it up. Oh, you mean where the yeah. weak point was the thermal management system <laughs> right. that could only be attacked uh, yeah. by small ships flying through <laughs> trenches? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that, like, that was not particularly necessary to the story. Yeah. You know, like, I like, you know, hey, we need a new character. They need to come from nothing. Like, that's just, like, the hero's journey, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, they need to have a victory at the end. But it doesn't necessarily have to be... On the this thing that blows up planets. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that, like, it's so in the background to me. Like, the stuff that's similar to the other movies is just, to me, feels just like a framework on which, like, these stories about these new characters are being built. So I, I didn't get bugged by that at all. You know, because it, it feels like we need something that people recognize as Star Wars, and we need to create characters that you would like to see another movie of. And I think that they did that really well. The three main new people, Poe and Finn and Ray, are like great. Like I would I would watch ten movies about them. 
No, yeah, I they, was they nailed that. Completely. Totally surprised when Poe shows up again. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it either. But it was like, okay, yeah, he he got the things and then he died on the planet. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm okay with that. I didn't like him that much or dislike him. It's like, oh, oh, there's Poe. <laughs> yeah, there is a Poe. It's clearly set up so that like he and Finn are going to be doing the B story in the next movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And BB-8, like those three, like having getting into fun scrapes or whatever. At the Rebel base. I like BB-8 a lot more than I thought I would. Me too. <laughs> BB-8's a fun droid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's basically R2-D2, but like somehow, like more like an animal than like a, like a sassy droid who speaks another language and yells at C-3PO. Yeah. You know, like R2-D2 doesn't feel like a pet. Yeah. Uh, but BB-8 does. You'd be like, oh, here, you know, good boy, and <laughs> throw him a treat. So where are we in the story now? Yeah, we're like so in like have, scene have, two. Have we left Jakku? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were on, okay, let me think. Oh, well, yeah, we can't talk about this movie without talking about the best part of the movie, which was when she mixes that powder and then it turns into a loaf of bread before our very eyes. Yeah. That is movie magic. Magic muffins. Movie magic. <laughs> are you saying that wasn't a practical effect, that that was? It doesn't, well, it's, it's magic no matter how it happened. I believed it. Like, you know, like, I, I've never believed, like, it more that that turned into a piece of bread. That was very impressive. So, yeah, they go meet Han Solo. They get the Millennium Falcon, which happens to be there. Mm-hmm. In, with a really good joke about the garbage. And we discover that Ray is a great pilot. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, Luke, the like way Luke. that you I learn to be a great pilot is by barely scraping your existence together on a really poor planet. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, There's no better place to learn how to fly trillion-dollar spaceships than... I kind of feel like she probably, like, took the Millennium Falcon for a joyride. The interesting thing about Luke being a good pilot is, like, they don't explain that ever. Yeah, he just... <laughs> he just, just is at the end. Participates in animal cruelty by bullseye and womp rats. Womp rats, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he doesn't even mention that till like, the end of the movie. Like, yeah. I don't even think they mention he's a pilot <laughs> That's a good until point. the end, when he's like, oh, cool, like, I'll take one of your, like, expensive ships... I think that was another one of the Lucas plot holes where it was like a deleted scene that just got cut because it was like way too long. Yeah, not that it doesn't work, but it's just like interesting that like Luke being a pilot, and it also ends up not being important in any of the movies, right? Like yeah. the only thing that matters is he blows up that Death Star, then he doesn't do Which any Which he piloting. could have done with the, source, with the Force, right? Right. Not because he's a great pilot. Yeah. Um, but like Ray, they do a lot more to establish like... Well, she's, he, he, like she's competent... Yeah, well, like Luke, she's a tinkerer, actually. That's, like, another parallel, right? Like, he's, right. like, tinkering with the droids or whatever. But, like, she feels like... See, I think she's more like Anakin, right? I think so, t- too, yeah. yeah. the parallel that they're drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Because Luke is more of just, like, the the bastard. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess he just cleans the droids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's kind of, like, getting the table scraps, like, from Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. And, yeah, and you know. he can't give, even get R2-D2 to play him a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My DVD player doesn't work, Uncle. <laughs> Disc error. I got Ed. <laughs> so that that to me was when, like, when they after the they evade the Tie Fighter Tie Fighter pilots, and <laughs> say that three times. <laughs> yeah, after they evade them and they it's you know the shot of the Millennium Falcon leaving the atmosphere and going into space. That was like when the Millennium Falcon was like real to me. Because, like, on the planet itself, like, it was, it was like, oh, it's the Millennium Falcon. Like, and then it started flying, and I was like, all right. And then, like, when it left, I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, there it is. The inside of that ship is so 
cool looking. I mean, the outside yeah. looks cool too, but like that set is so fun to be in. Well, and it's like the next level. The, one of the great things about Star Wars, the original series, is like spaceships were old and not yeah. shiny. Yeah. Right, and so it, they felt like real objects, and then this was like the next level of Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's well, like, it's got a different radar dish. Yeah, that's it right. Got knocked off. Uh huh. It's got a square one now. Do, do you guys feel like the Millennium Falcon looks weird? In like the CG Millennium Falcon is like a little weird looking. I thought it did on Jakku. Yeah, like it, you're like, is it the right color or something? Like what what's going on? The like the way that they CG'd it and like the. Uh, the depth of field that they chose makes it look like almost like a toy, like a macro shot toy or something. And and it, that's, I think, what made it real for me when it exited because it actually didn't look like that. It didn't, like, it had that natural fluid motion of leaving. That, that spaceships really have when e- they fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just, like, you know, <laughs> so kind of, like, bouncing around. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it felt like it was something about the, like, it was the wrong color. I don't know, like the engine or like the metal. I don't know. Interesting. Like when they were. In that the might have physical. been the moment I was weeping. So <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't My tell you. Eyes were the tears filtered out because it was the Millennium Falcon on the screen. This whole movie looked like it was underwater. <laughs> um, I thought we left Naboo. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they get abducted by Han Solo and fight tentacle monsters. Uh, and then we're we're back with Han Solo and, and old Chewie, our yeah. old boy Chewie. Yeah. Oh wait a minute, can we go back? Chewie Baca. My Chewie. L- one of my least favorite moments in the entire movie is Han Solo and Chewie stepping onto the Millennium Falcon, and Han Solo, Chewie, we're home. Yeah, that was, was like that was trailer bait. For yeah. Sure. Well, it was like horrible in the trailer too. Yeah. It's like you know, can we just edit that out and just have them do other things? <laughs> Anything. They didn't put everything from the trailer in the movie. They didn't. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, good segue to going to Maz. Maz's, oh, yeah. Maz's bar. Watering hole, as watering Solo hole, calls yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job of that cantina. I liked all those weird critters. Again, capturing what's great about original yeah. Star Wars. I mean, you, you, you can't deny the parallels, right? Like, it's... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very, very similar. But it, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this. The thing that makes it not feel like a remake to me is that there are, like, themes or, like, places or things that we've seen before, but they're not the scenes we've seen before. You know totally. what I mean? It's like the, Luke's overall plot is, yeah, sure, that's similar, but there's no, there's no direct rip-off scenes. Yeah. Um, it all feels really familiar without being the same, yeah. Yeah, we don't. They don't learn about the Force from Han Solo, right? They already know about it. I, th- I think that that really helps mm-hmm. that work. Like it wouldn't. It wouldn't work if it was, if they put the Cantina on Jakku. You know, um, I think that would really screw it up. I really appreciated also that they they didn't try to go to any planets we'd seen. And I know a lot of people didn't like that. They were like, oh, another desert planet. And it's like, like. Bro, there are only like five biomes that exist. <laughs> you know, we can go to like a purple mushroom tree planet or whatever. But like, to make it feel real, like you you have like a, you have like snow and desert and like a temperate forest. <laughs> what, what do you think of Maz Canada, Mister Canada, 
Nobody has any any opinion on it. Nothing to say. It was her place, and for some reason there was a statue of her out front. I didn't notice the statue of her on top of it uh, originally, and then the second time I saw it, I noticed it, and I thought that was real weird. It's a little egotistical. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like she clearly has like – they say she's like a 1,000 years old or whatever. Like there's clearly some more going on there, but I – yeah. Her and Yoda back in the day. <laughs> Crazy time. This is where we need like the <laughs> boing, like sound effect. <laughs> Morning show like panel. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Awooga. <laughs> no, uh, I thought yeah, I thought Maz is cool though. I thought that she was a good Yoda esque character who had the the age and wisdom and wasn't necessarily like a Jedi in a past life or anything like that, but kind of bridged the old to the new and kind of was that mentorship type role. Yeah. Well, I think that that's, you know, Yoda's not in the original Star Wars movie, right? So there's, there's elements of the other films in there as well in a way that helps it feel less like a remake. And there's no real analog for Maz Kanata in the original Star Wars. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I like the fact that she speaks wisdom, but... Like, Ray has no reason to believe her and doesn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ray's just like, yeah, no. I don't want that thing. Yeah, thanks, thousand-year-old person, but Yeah, like, no that thanks. sucked, like, touching that lightsaber. I'm out of here. Right. Maybe Maz was just, you know, on some space mushrooms and left some residue on there, and that's... Uh, what? I don't know. I was going with that. that <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> her eyes seem really dilated yeah. to Ray, so... <laughs> the years have not been good to Maz. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I really, I like the the temple or what the temple. I guess the temple sort of like the original Star Wars movie because they have those temples. But let's uh, yeah, let's talk about Baton, the riot control stormtrooper oh, that yeah, everyone loves so favorite much. Favorite character. Yeah, actually, let's not talk about him. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone's like, oh, like, but like, he just not doesn't have a lightsaber. How can he stop it? And yeah, I mean, obviously, the technology to build a lightsaber, you could. Yeah, but you could get a lightsaber and figure it out. General Grievous had uh, guards who had staves with energy on them that stopped lightsabers too. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. They, there's a yeah. there's a battle on the when they rescue Palpatine, quote rescue Palpatine from Grievous, and he has battle guards with battle staves that have energy fields mm-hmm. on the end of them. So it just felt like more of that. Really, I I guess I haven't thought about the prequels in so long that I forgot about them. I I've just like read a lot of things where people. They're like, oh, it's like ruining the lightsaber. Because lightsabers are magic. (laughs) Yeah. They're patented by the Jedi. Well, that's similar to me, like why like other people were worried about uh, you know, could Finn use the lightsaber? And like obviously, like to me it's just like it's like a laser sword, like literally. Like you can use a regular sword, you can wave that thing around. It's not like you're using the force to like physically manipulate it. Right. Um Yes, both Finn and Ray. Uh, get a chance to uh, see what their choices are, and they both say, uh, "No thanks, I'm I'm not interested in this bigger universe which I am now on the edge of." But for some reason, I believed Finn more than Ray when when Ray was running yeah. off into the forest. I'm like, I don't understand what you're doing. You you spent your whole life believing that there was something to connect to, right? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like her running the forest doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. For her character. And also, like, I guess she wants to go back to Jakku because she's waiting for her family there. So that sort of makes sense. But yeah, I buy Finn's just like, hey, this all sucks. Like, I need to go into a cave where no one can find me is much more 
believable, I think. Yeah. So what do you guys think of of the the end of the movie? Just like the the um You mean the way the words kind of scrolled up from the bottom to the top <laughs> yeah, while I the music was it. playing? How did they do that? <laughs> it's just like at the beginning of the movie. It's amazing. It's um, the perfect they're blue. Yeah. I just like that must have been a really big piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. And to have to pull it at that even speed in front yeah, of the camera. Right. Very <laughs> hard. Super hard. Very good control. And you have to pull it at exactly the right speed to end when the music ends. Like, <laughs> must have been the hardest shot <laughs> in the entire film. Yeah. Yeah, like a hundred of the people on the credits must have just been the people who did that. <laughs> yeah. They're like writing their names at the bottom while it's going. Um, well, I think, so Kylo Ren like taking his, his mask off and he's like, I'm a dumb teeny bopper. Like, that was another thing that like uh, uh, a lot of people had an issue with. Like, I I love it. Like, I really like Kylo Ren as a character. Like, I think it super works to have. Except that we have no idea why he has to wear a mask that makes him sound ominous sometimes. Well, he doesn't. Like Han Solo is like, you don't have to wear that mask. He like I I like the idea that that mask is too intimidating. So he's just cosplaying a bad guy. Yeah, like that's his thing, right? Like he's like he sees Darth Vader, like that's his his idol, like and he's not intimidating, so he needs to look and feel intimidating. That's true, yeah, brother. Because like, are you if are you if that guy comes up and is like, oh, like we need to we need to go to this planet, you're gonna be like, what? No, like how'd you get on this ship? Um, but if he's got a mask, like I, I think that that the only way that makes sense is if he is emulating Vader. Yeah. Well, there is a thing, right? If you're a bounty hunter, you have this thing that you wear over your body, which supposedly gives you some advantage, mm-hmm. right. right? So make up for the fact that you can only see through these two tiny slits. <laughs> so I assume that the mask gave him some advantage, like like the battle the, armor of a the Mandalorian. Man- or a, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that there's something about the mask, that it's not just uh, yeah. people think I'm evil because it makes me go, because <laughs> it makes that sound. I, I but you're saying, that. no, it's no, just... I think that's it, right? Like Interesting. Like, it's an intimidation tactic. Um, because, he, like, he's basically compensating for the fact that, like... Like, it's, like, part of him being, like, pulled to the dark side is, like, he needs to, like, act the part so he believes it. You know, he's got, like, the clothes make the man kind of... So he of. wears black and has a air-breathing mask and... Yeah, it's right. got... Well, it, it's not a breathing sound that it makes, right? Like, it's not, like, a respirator. It's, like, uh, it's just, like, filtered in some way. Like, I, I mean, you know, maybe it does give him, like, Oculus Rift vision or something. But, but yeah, I think it's intimidation. Yeah. And, and, you know, that can be the same, that could be the same reason uh, Snoke, well, if Snoke isn't actually that size, right, why? Why is he that size? Why is he in that, like, weird stone cathedral? Like, you know, theater is, like, important. Yeah. Um, And they do, like, a lot more theater, I think, with the bad guys in this movie. Those two things, and then also like the big Nazi speech, right? Like they've got these big red flags um, and all this kind of stuff. Like they're making a point, it feels like. Like the bad guys are like, they are, they are since they're not on top, they're like, they're trying to scare people, I think. Yeah. Well, the who runs sport. the galaxy right now? Is that, is that at all clear? They, they like say it in the like titles, kind of, but it's not super clear. Well, isn't it implied that it's kind of Snoke, kind of like, being the puppeteer, and in a way, because, you know... I mean, do you mean, like, who's the government? Or, like... Yeah, like, if... Like who's if, the major force? If I stole a ship, who would be the people saying, oh, you can't do that, my rules yeah. are being enforced, Space and you're going Cop? to jail now? <laughs> is it is it is it Ad- the- Grand Moff Snooky, or is it... <laughs> 
grand <laughs> Or is there yet another source of power? Is it just Snoke's in the First Order versus the rebel the rebels? Well, no. So I think that the they don't explain this, and I think I read like some image on the internet that was like the back of a trading card or something that explains it <laughs> properly. But I think the idea is that there's a galactic republic um, that was set up like basically by Princess Leia, like after the other movies, and so it's kind of like a senate or whatever. Um, and there are rotating like planets. Like it's not like on Coruscant. It's like the oh, senate okay. goes to different planets, hmm. and there's a lot on this trading card. And and then the the first order is sort of the remnants of the empire, but they're not in control of like the galaxy. It's it's the senate, which is why the first order like blows them up. It's basically it's kind of like a, they're like terrorists basically rather than being like the oppressing force. Mm. Um and then it, yeah, the relationship between the republic and the resistance is weird, but in the opening, well, it seems like if the Republic was the Republic, they would call it the Republic and not the Resistance. They do. No, the Republic and the Resistance are different. Yeah. There's the there's the New Republic and then the Resistance. And like in the opening title, it says like, supported by the Republic, Leia leads a brave resistance to the First Order because like the First Order is not taken super seriously, I guess, but or something like I'm not sure exactly what the deal is there, but it's like. They kind of got like, hey, Leia, like, why don't you go take care of them, basically? Because yeah. the Republic also has a fleet that they mention. I think it might get blown up or something. Because they're like, hey, we're too far from the Republic fleet. Like, we're fucked. No, well, I think that's that's the implication when uh, the Starkiller base blows up. <laughs> yeah. Starkiller in that name, base. Like, how long do they think of that name? <laughs> like, they're like, ah, oh, we need a name for this. Starkiller base. Okay, yeah, give that guy a cookie, and there we go. <laughs> I yeah. saw, like, a real good, like, fan wank about Starkiller base, which was like, you know, like, it's a stupid-sounding name, but, like, Luke's original name was Starkiller. That's true. And it literally kills a star. <laughs> so what do you want from me? Like, yeah. But, yeah, it's super dumb. Yeah. I feel like they didn't take enough time on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, in, yeah, and so in the end, we have Ray going to the Jedi temple that clearly was in her head that what's-his-name saw Kylo Ren when he was like... Oh, yeah, he's like, I see your dreams, I see the island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the second viewing, I noticed that you can see, like, Luke is, Luke's, like, lunchbox and his, like, stuff yeah. is there. <laughs> yeah. And that was the first time. The same one he had on Dagobah when he ate, like, the fish sticks or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's some there's some good scenes and stuff. <laughs> like just some of that stuff, like the like weird props that you like really remember. The blue milk on and <laughs> yeah. Aunt Brew brings them like yeah. In this one, I think for me, it's the like she's eating like a like a kiwi or something or like a lime that has like a broccoli flower, like those weird vegetables that look like little oh yeah cone circle things. She's eating like one of those on top of another fruit. It's like I get it, like you put these two fruits together, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're talking about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> we're talking about the ending of Star Wars. Yeah, so, so we go. Isn't this a cool island? I would like to go there. Oh, yeah. look, Luke is on the island. Yeah, surprising absolutely no one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you knew. I mean, they were going to find Luke, but like, it's still, it's cool to see him and his like, cool hand. Yeah, really, it was completely not cool to see him. I feel it was like, like to me, the ending is like, really. I don't mean I, I'm not excited about anything that I just saw. I think the really? coolest thing that you happened so? was the island. I love that island. The island's cool, and it's like completely real. Like there's, they didn't like do anything to that actual island. It just yeah, has it, all those stairs. It was like filmed in Ireland, like yeah. off the off the coast of Ireland. It's pretty sweet. Anyway, yeah, I 
So you didn't like it at all. You you didn't like Luke. I mean, granted, Luke does look like he just showed up from Seven Eleven and put a <laughs> put a Jedi put on a Jedi costume. costume. Yeah. No, well, I, I'm not. I didn't like the end necessarily because I'm like, oh, like I love Luke Skywalker. Because like nobody likes Luke Skywalker. He's not that interesting of a character in any of the movies, really. He's like, kind of whiny. Yeah, he's like whiny. He's kind of boring. I feel like. Yeah. But I, I was excited because it was like, you know, it's like Ray. Luke Skywalker is interesting in the beginning of. Return of the Jedi, when he's wearing black and you don't know what's happened to him. Yeah. So in the, the he's interesting for like two minutes there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not never. Yeah. He so like the thing that that gets me excited for the eighth movie is the because in the novels like the seven eight nine novels that were written directly after Return of the Jedi that weren't by Lucas but were like licensed, uh, they take place five years after. The Return of the Jedi, and in that five years, Luke has just basically become Jedi Master Badass, who just wrecks shop. Like, <laughs> and I feel like there's a big chunk of that missing from this movie, where he just, you know, is like he's the Jedi and he has like this dominant power. And I feel like the excitement for me was not that Luke was on the screen, but for the potential of what the eighth episode could flash back to. So I mean, and it. It, it would be interesting because it's it's still Luke or it's still Mark Hamill being old and it'd be hard to recreate that sort of yeah. scene. Well, I mean, I think like it, 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 I think like it comes full circle, right? It's like Luke has become Obi-Wan. Like that's the point. And yeah. you're like, this is, this is the jumping off point for these new adventures. He's going to train her up and then go have a sandwich. But, uh, okay. But I want you to compare the moment when Obi-Wan Kenobi Who's the crazy guy scaring the the sand people away? Right, right, and he reveals his himself, right in the in the canyon in Tatooine. Yeah. to the moment that Luke Skywalker reveals himself, like one of them is like, "Oh, who is this crazy guy?" Right, I want to know more about him, and it's like, "Oh yeah, look, there's Mark Hamill in a robe." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, like I, I I don't know that I have like a specific feeling when you first get introduced to Obi Wan in Star Wars, like like. I don't think Obi-Wan Kenobi is, like, that interesting in the original Star Wars. He's interesting in, like, the stuff he's saying is interesting, but, like, he isn't particularly interesting as a character. And I think, yeah, I mean... Well, all, all Mark Hamill has to offer is the physicality of, I am taking my hood off so you can see who I am. Yeah. And he blows that. That's <laughs> Really? I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I do. I, it, it felt... It felt a little forced, like him taking his. I, if he ha, if he kept his hood on, maybe maybe that would have helped. That I don't know. But. Well, like what was he looking at? He's just yeah. like looking the he's other like, way. It's like I, was I, that the Millennium Falcon? I heard something. I've been practicing. <laughs> he's just senile. I've he been practicing this move for twenty years. Yeah. Should I go hood first, or <laughs> <laughs> should yeah. I keep my hood down? Oh dang, I forgot what I was gonna do. I'll just go hood back. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's just like. It's a, it's just this jumping off point. Like it's it's the only cliffhanger in the movie, really. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't, which is nice. I think one thing they do in this movie that they do really well is they they don't they wrap it up. It's not like a stupid Marvel, like the whole thing is a setup for the next movie. Like it is a setup, but it doesn't feel like a setup. It feels like if right. they only made this movie, it it would be good. And I think I think you're right. It could have ended with uh, Chewie and Ray flying off the planet. Cut. And then you know roll credits. Um, yeah. The fact that they added the Luke thing was more of the the hook for the next movie. Yeah. But anyway, can we 
go back to the map to Luke Skywalker at some point. Oh yeah, uh, let's yeah. let's talk about that map, <laughs> that <laughs> that cryptic map that happened to fit like a jenga like a jenga piece. Possibly right in. the worst. What what do you call it? M- MacGuffin in the universe MacGuffin, ever. Yeah. It's like we can make robots that can speak and understand human speech, but we can't match a star chart to a section of the galaxy because that's like way too hard for us. <laughs> well, they like and, they... and for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> the map to Luke Skywalker is like a, a line that he took through the galaxy, and the part that's missing <laughs> is the middle. <laughs> it's Maybe. like we can't get there because we don't know how we went through this one section, because that's like the Kessel Run, you know, and we need to know the. Yeah, that's the, true, but like, doesn't matter at all, right? Like, all that matters is like, ah, like they found the information. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like paste, it's like right? the name of the Star Killer base. It would have been better for them to take three seconds more to <laughs> yeah. come up with a better thing. Yeah. But I really, we really didn't care. Yes, there's some magic piece of information which, when they plug it into their computer and combine it with other yeah. information, and it's super critical. Or yeah. like, or like in, I mean, I, I hate to reference the prequels, but uh, Michael's w- doing it all day long. So. Well, okay, well then I, I'm going for it. So the the Camino reference in the second movie, like that was like the coolest storyline I think of most of the prequels for me was like finding out where Camino was, and you know it wasn't in the system, so he had to like find it manually, and it wasn't like it was just a chunk of a map like missing. Right. It right. was like a map, and then somewhere in this little space was Camino. So. Yeah, if they would have done something like that, like, totally. But, yeah, they just... Sure. Yeah, well, I think they needed it to be two pieces, right? Like, they needed it to be to the two robots, like, projecting it each other. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that the... I don't know. The way that I like to think about movies is, like, stuff like this, like, obviously does matter, right? Like, it would be better movie if they fixed these problems. Right. But, like, if the movie can propel you through it in a way... Like, if you're interested and engaged, then, like... The pl- like plot contrivances aren't important. It's going to be really great when they re-release this 30 years from now and they replace the map to Luke Skywalker with something sensible. And then we're yeah. all going, wow, they took out the map to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that was the best it. thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like that's when George Lucas will, you know, be a floating head in a vase and buy the trilogy back and be like, I'm fixing JJ's mistakes. Yeah. Um, Luke and George Lucas totally sounds like that, by the way. Yeah. The, the map bothered me the whole time. Yeah. The map to Luke, to Luke Skywalker, what, right? Well, they say it's like uncharted somehow, but... It, yeah, if it, it had just been sense. ancient texts, like we don't know what these ancient texts are. There are 13 of them and we have 12, right? right. And now we have all 13 and they can be decoded. That would have been much better for me than it's the map to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I think the movie like fundamentally works and is exciting as an and is engaging the whole time. Yeah. I think so, too. So, uh, what what questions did yeah, we get? Yeah, all right, let's, let's go to questions. Yeah, let's get to it. Okay, so human beings on the internet wrote anonymously in, in preparation for this very podcast. We'll just go in order here. From Tumblr. The first one, what is Captain Phasma's backstory? <laughs> I don't like, think that's an impossible question to answer, but... I don't think, well, that's that's for sure never explained. Yeah, they definitely don't explain anything about her. But the thing that I think, well, so a lot of people are upset about her, like, not being used well in the movie, which she's not, right? Like, she's... She's clearly, there's other parts of her that are edited out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Her, her importance fell yeah. on the chopping floor. And, and they claim she's going to be in the next movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, like, 
all we know is like she's basically Finn's boss, and then we also know that like Finn was like born and raised on the like in the First Order somehow. And so like I just keep in the back of my mind thinking that uh, she like the reason that she kind of like lets him slide like like she's like hey this is the first infraction right but I bet that she like has a a special affinity relationship with Finn yeah special relationship with Finn and they've known each other a long time and she's been kind of like letting him slide and it finally broke right like that's sort of like where Finn yeah comes from like that's Finn's backstory too so my memory of this character is is it looks like Boba Fett yeah definitely Boba Fett (laughs) it looks like a Mandalorian stormtrooper crossbreed really I feel like it's just a painted silver stormtrooper I mean it's uh, it definitely comes off as more Mandalorian to me but I mean it could who knows I mean this the whatever is Mandalorian Boba Fett yeah okay yeah yeah so they, but it's not clear that all the lore about Mandalorians is in canon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just... I don't think that she's supposed to be like anything other than like a senior officer. Okay, yeah. Well, but nobody else is wearing Boba Fett armor except her. Everyone else is wearing Stormtrooper armor. That's true. But we don't see anybody, any other Stormtrooper bosses, I guess. But, I, I mean, maybe there is something... There's got to be something special about her, but I don't yeah. think she's like a secret Boba Fett. No. Yeah. So basically, we know nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's, there's not enough yeah. to say, but... Sorry, reader. I feel like there's is, there is something interesting there, like in the way that she talks about Finn and her interactions with... I like it, that theory a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the second question. How did you feel about the 2015-2016 college football bowl season, particularly the defeat of the Oregon Ducks at the hands of the TCU Horned Frogs? I feel like this is Alejandro. Or did, or did no, some, no, I think I know who this is. Did some of that uh, actually happen? I, have, I don't know. I was on the internet reading theories about whose raised parents were, so I probably didn't notice. Yeah, all of my internet time has been devoted to Star Wars recently. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't even understand the words in this question, so let's move on. Uh, Maybe it's in Hatties. Did you try reading <laughs> yeah, it? Sorry, <laughs> yeah, you got to turn the Hatties it, translator on. It looks on. like English, but it's actually about, about Star Wars. Um, so this one is from Anonymous, like all the other ones. Why was the final shot of Force Awakens so bad? Mm-hmm. That person's my favorite person in the whole world, Anonymous. What a <laughs> I, I great think, question. I think that's dumb. I think it's fine. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think it's fine too. Yeah, like I think, I, it actually, I think it's, I think the the, the yeah, the Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill is 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 apparent, but I think it's a good shot. I think it specifically means the aerial shot where it's oh turning, oh oh got it. Um, which like a lot, I keep reading people, and I think they're like wanky. Uh, like film school people. Maybe the person watching this has vertigo and that shot was <laughs> yeah. very disorienting for them. Yeah, I think to me, like it makes it seem like they didn't just film that whole scene with Mark Hamill on like a green screen, yeah. right? Because like every other shot of him is just like, they, he could have easily been in like Van Nuys and that, like it basically it's just like J.J. was like, no, like we brought Mark Hamill over here and we got a helicopter and we're going to use it. And I think I think it works. I don't know. It's like it's more interesting than ending it on like a medium close up, of you know. Um, okay, next question. <laughs> what do you think it would feel like to make out with Admiral Akbar? Hmm. Seems like a hard pass from everyone. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm. I, I, 
questions from actual humans on the internet. These are important things that yeah. we need that we need to think about. Um, his mouth is quite large, and so um, mm -hmm. it, it, it feels like you would get lost um, in a mouth-to-mouth -mouth contact kind of thing. It would be frightening. I think it, it would be imposing. You would <laughs> be begging him to be gentle. I think. Yeah. A lot of tongue pummeling, I feel like. Does he have a tongue? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he does? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you I say the word trap without a tongue. <laughs> That's <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I mean, C-3PO doesn't have a tongue. I, I think it would be okay. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, it just depends on, like, <laughs> just what, okay, what, what, okay. what's good about making out? Is it what you do with your really large reptilian amphibious mouth? Or is it what they do the hands or the rest of your structure? He's also like a, a calamarian, I think. No, 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 is Mon, is Mon, Mon calamarian. calamarian. Yeah. Stupid. That's, that's worse than Starkiller Base. <laughs> yeah. It's Mon, Mon calamarian. calamarian yeah. Hey, we got this fish creature, George. He's like, kind of like a squid. <laughs> what should we call it? Oh, well, I don't know. Space squid. No, there's, that's there's, stupid. There's, Mon he's calamari. He like looks down at his lunch and is like, Mon calamari. <laughs> if I were the kind of people who, person who made out with admirals, I... <laughs> in the future, I would, I would, I would be intrigued by the possibilities of making out with Admiral Akbar. You like you're saying, like if you were serially making out with people who have the rank of admiral, like making out with admirals, not specifically fish monsters, but just like I'm really into admirals, like the admiralty. <laughs> That's I have a big, yeah. a little scoreboard, you know, yeah, like, all the various admirals yeah. and grand moths that I've made out with in my life. I mean, I think it's undeniable that he would be on that list if you were into admirals. Yeah. You can't repel well, the stature of I'm, that I'm magnitude. I'm just trying to identify with, with the anonymous questioner who obviously was that kind of person. I'm saying, okay, I, what would I be if I would like that? Yeah. So taking the question seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I almost didn't recognize that it was Admiral Akbar in this new movie. I thought it was just a different uh, squid monster. But apparently it's, it's legit Admiral Akbar. They got yeah, like the same yeah. suit or something. I, I thought it was a different Admiral Akbar too. <laughs> yeah, I don't and know. The, the internet was infuriated that he's still an admiral, by the way, which is stupid because admiral is a pretty sweet position. Yeah, like what else is above that? Yeah, like uh, if you're in the navy, that's the top, right? Well, like a joint general chief. is above admiral. Admiral, I think. Yeah. Well, oh, no, I think oh, general not. and admiral are the same thing. No, because like, like they don't have a people, general in the navy. No, no, no. But in, know, in yeah. the in the Star Wars universe, like at one point. Han is a general solo, and right. That's right, but he yeah, yeah and know. he's below the admiral. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, anyway, people on the internet, pretty dumb as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so another question: Will Disney's purchase of Lucasfilm obliterate the franchise in a frenzy of commercialism, or fill the world with Star Wars joy with an infusion of fresh movies and merchandise? So, is this question unlike the beautiful, <laughs> holistic way that Lucas? film treated the right the, the star wars franchise not as a source of marketing yeah. uh material but rather as a beautiful yeah. story universe to be <laughs> celebrated in that disney is going to turn that into crass commercialism mm -hmm. from a thing that it was before well the original one was more of just like an artistic indie movie that you might find in like a starbucks right Okay. All right. I forgot. I'm taking I'm taking the questioners seriously and not <laughs> calling them an idiot for asking that question. Uh, no, I I appreciate that people sent in these these hot questions. Right. I, I don't. Right. I, I think. But yeah, I think mean, you're right. Like it's been commercialism the whole time. 
Well, I think actually Disney might be better because yeah. Disney as an entity lives when its properties live for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's maybe thinking the long game. Like how do we create a universe that people will be interested in for a long time as opposed to, oh my gosh, this is the best movie I'll ever make in my life. How much money can I suck out of it before I die? Yeah. 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 I mean, Disney's super commercial, but also like you like a lot of the things that Disney has made. It's like they didn't like ruin... Toy Story, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, well, they own Marvel too now. Yeah, and, and yeah, that, they, yeah, they just they they bought things that are already commercial, and they're just gonna like double down. I think. I don't fear Disney. I think Disney. Yeah, I think yeah. Disney's gonna be good for the franchise. I mean, they made the movie like like they made it happen that well, unless wasn't, just it wasn't gonna happen without them. Star Wars Seven, Star Wars One, which. Which entity do you think is going to take the franchise in a better place? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Why would droids every speak to each other using English? Why wouldn't they just send signals over radio with their observations, etc., that can't be overheard? Uh, I think it's because we need to know what they're saying. Yeah. In the film. Perhaps a trillion years ago, there was a robot rebellion, and it became illegal to build droids that communicate that way. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, the Empire was up to some bad shit, and one of those things was outlying all radio signals, except for those little like tubes that they talk into to talk to each other. And bad holograms. <laughs> those are the only <laughs> things that are okay. I I loved that little robot that looked like it was made out of aluminum cans in the can or in the Maz's cantina that tells the. Uh, the, the resistance oh, yeah. that BB-8 <laughs> yeah. was there. I just love that they have to have these little like lipsticks that they talk into, and like more <laughs> of the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you think about the conspiracy theories around Jar Jar Binks and his ascension in the Galactic Senate? Do you think he's a Sith Lord? That would be the stupidest thing. <laughs> like uh, that can't be. How long do Gungans live? <laughs> well, does does Jar Jar eventually turn into a boss? Oh, like, like Boss Nass is this big. Oh right, fat thing. <laughs> they Jar just Jar evolve just, like yeah. That's thing. his final form. Is yeah. like they become boss Jar Jar. Yeah, or is, that, is he just like a like a, a fat Gungan? I think just a fat Gungan, right? Like you can't evolve. It's like a it's not Pokemon. Like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. evolve into well, something I mean, like literally evolve. But like is that like? And if he was a Sith Lord, would he look like Jar Jar Binks, or would he look like Boss Nass? Right? Yeah. I mean, the Emperor when he became a Sith Lord, he's not looking so hot. Well, it wasn't until he channeled the Force Lightning that he lost his sort of human thing. Yeah, if you go in for that sort of thing. So, it, Jar Jar Binks is not a Sith Lord. There, it, it's an amusing story. There's, there's no way that he's a Sith Lord. Yeah, I, I appreciate the story. Yeah, and I don't think we'll ever hear another word about Jar Jar Binks in it, one of these. Actually, movies. the most amusing thing is that it. Jar Jar felt like the most Disney thing that had ever happened to Star Wars. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't from Disney. <laughs> and it wasn't from Disney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he steps in poop. Yeah. Like, and they make it like a poop joke. <laughs> Vanta poodoo. Um, why didn't Leia become a Jedi? I have a theory. Ooh. But you jumped up. I want to hear your theory first. No, no, I want to hear yours. Ah, I think Leia is the one who restores balance to the Force. I think that the universe is bad when people wield the force for power, whether you are trying to keep the universe safe or whether you're trying to own it. The Jedi and the Sith are both evil, and Leia is a force-sensitive who 
stays in balance with the force, does not suck power from the midichlorians to move molecules around. Mm. She is the balanced one. Yeah, I like that. And I think that these movies also like sort of set up, like we were talking about earlier, like the idea that there are force-sensitive people who are not Jedis, right? Like you don't have to be... You don't have to be like a sword warrior in order to get some sort of benefit from the Force. And also, like, that's just not what Leia's good at, right? Like, she doesn't have to, like, learn to fight with a lightsaber to, like, help the Resistance, like, plan, you know, what they're going to do. Yeah. It just, there's no reason for her to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Luke has to, like, I mean, I guess, does he have to do what he does, Luke? Does he have to become a Jedi? Kind of. Well, you mean... Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I don't know. There, he has a fierceness. I will become a Jedi. Right, yeah, he right? wants it. He wants it. Yeah. Like, he, he hears the stories. He's like, he's like, Ben, like, he really likes Ben. He's like, I would like to do that. Like, he sees it and he wants it. Yeah, I, I think I think the Uncle Owen, Bam, Aunt Beru getting brutally murdered was the catalyst for him actually doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, like, Leia's there too, right? Like, she could think... Uh, Obi-Wan was super cool, too, and I want to become a Jedi, but I, I don't think... Well, it could be that Leia's afraid, right? That she knows the story of what it does to you. Of all the Force-sensitive people in her life that she knows about, a lot of them, when they became powerful in the Force, bad things happened to them. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, I, I prefer to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? It could just be pure self-preservation. Yeah. All right, what I'd like both my hands attached to my body. It's a <laughs> yeah. crazy idea. <laughs> what temperature is it inside a tauntaun? I don't know. I mean, more than freezing. I mean, it can't be super hot, right? Because like, Luke doesn't stay inside that tauntaun until they find him. He because... just stays in the tauntaun long enough for Han to build the shelter. Right. So, I mean, I mean, it's going to cool off quick, I think. Yeah. This is a hard one to answer with no information. Or well, it also That's... seems like he's covered in liquid, and that would actually accelerate the, yeah. the rate at which he radiates heat. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. freeze into the Tauntaun. <laughs> but the, the Tauntaun's yeah, warmer than Luke, who's been out in the cold. Yeah. 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 Right? I think, yeah, we can definitely agree that he's warmer than Luke. Why wasn't Jar Jar Binks in the new movie, and where is the safe place to get my J.J. Binks with a Z on? Man, people love Jar Jar. <laughs> people no, love. people just want to push our buttons and get us to rant about how horrible Jar Jar was. Yeah, I, I feel like Jar Jar. It's like it's not even fun to rant about Jar Jar anymore. Like it's, it was never. Fu- it's never fun. To, like ranting about a movie is like occasionally fun, but after a while, it's exhausting and depressing. Like you just want you want to like the characters and you want them to yeah resonate with you and you want to watch them go on adventures, right? Like. Yeah, hating, hating Jar Jar is such a low-hanging fruit at this point. Like, it's just not even funny anymore. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, and it, it is an interesting question why we don't hate C-3PO, because he's not really that different than Jar Jar. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Right, he's a clumsy clown who's always wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't step in poop, but... <laughs> but yeah, like, they're, they're, they serve the same purpose, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But we don't hate C-3PO for some reason, and Jar Jar we hate with a passion. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, C-3PO has, like, a personality. Like, Jar Jar is just kind of like... Like a cartoon, like he's just confusing. Well, I think C-3PO functions more as like a tool rather than an actual person. And the fact that they, you know, C-3PO kind of helps out with language every once in a while. And then Jar Jar just steps in poop and mm-hmm. puts his face inside of uh, the whatever the pod beam is, the pod racing beam. And He does yeah. defeat a really large number of robots with his magic. That's with true, magic yeah. Balls. Kung flu power. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah, they throw all those like 
blew things at them, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do they call it? <laughs> Misa no have a booba or whatever. Yes. <laughs> Misa want a bongo. <laughs> Who is Ray's family, all caps? Wait a minute. I am the only one not to do a Jar Jar imitation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... The problem is, like, if Jar Jar is racist, then, like, you kind of can't imitate Jar Jar because, like, <laughs> yeah. you're racist. Um, Next question. Who is Ray's family, all caps? She's obviously Ray Skywalker, and all other things are, like, speculating if Jar Jar is a Sith. It's kind of interesting and fun, yeah. but... I think, yeah, maybe Ray... I think it's interesting if she's Ray Skywalker. I think it's interesting if she is just someone new. But it, it seems like they're setting it up so that that can't be the case. Like, just some random person who happens to be forced sensitive and i'd like it better if she weren't ray me. skywalker yeah well and that's because i'd like the story to be bigger than yeah. the story of the skywalker family but yeah i mean because then like if she is right each trilogy is about a different skywalker yeah generation so it really seems like it fits like a lot of the other alternate theories that she's like obi-wan kenobi's granddaughter yeah, yeah. Don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, like, Skywalker fits the, the idea of the, trilo- the, the trilogy of trilogies, right? Um, there is some internet reveal to strongly suggest that she's Rey Skywalker. In the yeah. Disney Infinity game, her character is called Rey Skywalker. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Disney's not so... <laughs> uh, oh, they're kids. They'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Yeah, it's, I, it's just, the only thing that makes sense, but they might be like trying to J.J. Abrams us into thinking that's one thing, but I don't know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a lot more of these questions, but we're well, kind of running out of time. Well, if, if Ray's Ray Skywalker was her mother of the Force, and Luke <laughs> like gave birth to her like Anakin, like uh, where's the, Mrs. Skywalker? The virgin birth deal? thing of Anakin Skywalker is quite silly, I think. Yeah, but it'd be better if it were the other way around, if Luke had... <laughs> giving birth to Ray, that'd be kind of awesome. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be a fan of that. Later, I mean, that, that's why he looks pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, after you give birth, it's hard to lose the weight. Yeah. And for men, exactly. even more so. It's all baby weight. Luke has uh, <laughs> his maternity diabetes, and yeah. those are his maternity robes. Oh boy. Um, what's the next one? Well, there's like ten more. Oh. Should, we, should we just call it there? Maybe. Maybe maybe find one more good one. That's actually that doesn't that, involve Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. yeah, that would be really great. Uh-huh. Where are the Knights of Ren while you're looking? No, oh, yeah. Like it just it was surprising to me. Like he was the one apprentice and he killed all the younglings. And then there's this throwaway line like, "And your Knights of Ren." Yeah. Like he's he's not old enough to be a Knight of Ren himself if there were such a thing, and somehow he's the leader of an order of Knights of Ren. But was it that he was the leader or more of just a part of it? That's well, what that was. The his name is. Oh, you think he changed his name to Kylo Ren? Yeah. Oh, become, one of the, so the, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, where would his name come from? If, oh, well, I, I like that better. Yes, that there is an order called the Knights of Ren and he becomes Kylo Ren. That yeah. makes a lot more sense. Like, so Kylo when, Ren could be his title. Exactly. So yeah. like the, the Sith, like whenever you you become a Sith, like your name is given to you by your master. And, you know, it could be that he's part of this larger group that of, would make my life better yeah and that's what that's kind of what i took away yeah. they specifically say that like the two of them are not sith in this movie yeah they, they, they never mentioned they, sith once i don't think well, they do mention it they because uh maz says um like i've seen i've been around a long time i've seen like the, oh yeah, the yeah sith and then the empire and now the first order implying that 
neither of the other ones are Sith. That only Sith is a prequel thing and not part of Star Wars. All right. Did you find a good question to finish yeah. on? George, in many interviews, George Lucas comes across as astonishingly dumb. Do you think his creative direction was essential to the development of the films? I am assuming that means all of the films. And I think, yeah, like, I don't think he's dumb. I think he's just not a good director. I, I agree with that. I think he is he's not the best director, but what he's very good at is creating characters and creating yeah. universes that aren't stemmed from something prior. And something that J.J. Abrams is really good at is taking things that exist, like the Star Trek universe and the Star Wars universe, and kind of building off of that. And I think that without the Star Wars universe that Lucas has built, this film would not have been as good. Yeah, and I mean, like, Lucas just, like, sat around somewhere and came up with Indiana Jones. Yeah. You know, um, like, he can come up with, like, he has a lot of creativity. Like, he, 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 yeah, like, he, it's absolutely essential. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure that I, I think George Lucas might have something that he's really good at. <laughs> um, and that the crazy success of Star Wars has prevented him from finding it. Um, that Star Wars is a, is a mashup of all of the things about, in films that we have loved for a long time, only in space. And it was beautiful and fun. And then you're the victim of, of this thing, where, where victim as in somebody who makes billions of dollars, that kind of victim, right. <laughs> right? And, and the, the person to keep driving this just wasn't him. And it wasn't until he had driven into a ground that it became obvious. And he'll go do something else. And I don't think Star Wars misses, will miss him at all. Um, but I don't think he's horrible. I think that that he he became he got in the position to do Star Wars because he knows how to make movies, right? But the, the Star Wars, wherever Star Wars needed to go next, it, it was it was past him. But I think there are other plenty of other interesting visual things that George Lucas could do. I'd be interested to see yeah. something else from George Lucas. Yeah, right. I mean, I but I do, I do think like his creative direction is clearly. Like, his idea of, like, let's take these old serials and make them into space films, like, that's not something he ripped off from somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and make space f feel like... And the other thing that's great about Star Wars is, is that it happens... It doesn't happen in the center of the galaxy. It's always around the edges of the galaxy. Right. Right? And that actually yeah. is better because... I mean, Star Wars Four is brilliant because there's three stories of history that you don't know anything about. So you're coming in the middle of the story, you're at the edge of the galaxy, and so you're in this story which talks about a much bigger scope and everything speaks of this bigger scope, and it seems really interesting in, the, in that way. And it, it should have just ended and... Yeah. Speaking of ended, we should stop talking about Star Wars and I'm gonna go eat some food. Uh, I ate food before I came here, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. Well, thank you guys so much for talking about Star Wars. Um, can't wait for the next time yeah thank yeah. you we'll have to be back and talk about something that's not Star Wars because this is not a Star Wars podcast that's excellent I will look forward to that <laughs> okay <laughs> goodbye <laughs>